changed by the order of Krishna who was personally present. Therefore, Arjuna, while fighting on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, was only really relying on worship. Was not really fighting, excuse me. Arjuna, while fighting in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, was not really fighting at all. He was simply carrying out the orders of Krishna and full Krishna consciousness. Such a person is never entangled in the reactions of work. And he was a pure soul who controlled his mind and senses and became very dear to everyone. He used to go out every year to get the permits for the Ratayatra in San Francisco. Because <laughs> Then he got the blood leukemia and he left the world. Also in a very special way. So next year when a devotee had to go, another devotee to get the permit, and they asked, well, where is John? That was his non-spiritual name. And they said, well, you didn't hear that. He passed away. And the government lady who gives the permit, she started crying. She said, he was such a nice person. We just looked forward every year he would come. Make our whole office just seem spiritualized or something. It was so nice. So dynamical, he had such an effect on people that even that they may not be practicing devotees or anything, but he was dear to everyone. The six Goswamis and Vrindavan, although they were great ascetics, they were very dear to all the local villagers and people. Sometimes, if they had a dispute, they would go to them and have them mediated, because they're all dear to everybody. So, being a, a devotee, working in devotion, controlling mind and senses, Become dear to everyone, everyone is dear to him. Him or her, as the case. So, Krishna is giving the secret here. We work in devotion, we try to please the Lord, we try to control our mind and senses, we work for the welfare of other living entities. And in this way, we can help somebody. special opportunity. <clears throat> because the devotee sees that everyone is a part of Krishna. So everyone, because Krishna is dear to him, and everyone is dear to him. So he's dear to everyone, and everyone is dear to him. So someone is working like that, Divine consciousness. They don't get entangled by the laws of karma. <clears throat> karma means whatever we do, we get a reaction from that, right? If we do something to help other people, we get good reactions. If we 
do things to harm other people, we get bad reactions. Reactions mean good health, wealth, education, a good birth. All these things are freedom from bad situations. All these things are symptoms of a good karma. And bad karma is absence of that. No money, no good health, no, not a good birth, not uh, free from so many encumbrances, legal problems, legal problems, so many problems. So, two different bank accounts. We have a good karma account and a bad karma account. But many people think that if I do good work, it's going to cancel out the bad work. It doesn't work that way. We have two separate accounts. So first you get to spend your good account. And, when, and then occasionally the bad account, something happens to you which takes out the balance from there. So, but doing good work just adds more balance in your good account. It doesn't take out the balance of the bad account. Eventually you have to suffer on the bad account. If somebody performing works for Krishna, it means sacrificial works, that means devotional service, chanting, hearing, cleaning the temple, helping with some. Like yesterday, there will be festivals, so many people did shopping, they ran errands, they did so many things. They clean the temple, they decorate it. So anything you do for Krishna, that goes into a special third account. That's your Krishna credit account. <laughs> and that doesn't, that's eternal. So, material good work doesn't burn away that account, but spiritual good work, that goes into your spiritual account, plus it, uh, Retire some of the bad karmas. That's the very special nature of the charity, the spiritual credits. for Krishna that we don't get this uh, bad karma or good karma, we don't get entangled. Because we're doing everything as, as service for Krishna. As soon as we start to do things for our own uh, or for our extended personal interest, then we have to take the responsibility.
Sacrifice, meaning service for Vishnu, that's the only or Krishna. It's the only sure way that we can get freed from this bondage. Bhakti Siddhartha Sarasri Thakri told a story about a rich landlord. Yes, here in Australia you never had a feudal system. You never had lords and dukes and earls and things like that. Just the governor general. So, This uh, landlord, he went into his, uh, he had a big house, and a palace, had his own temple, had a garden. He went into his garden, and there he found that the gardener was growing, was uh, watering the leaves and branches of some of the trees by putting a ladder, climbing up, and watering the leaves. What are you doing? I'm watering the tree. Why don't you water the root? Sir, I thought this morning that every day I water the root and I'm wasting you know, so much time watering the roots. Then uh, 
The landlord chastised them and told them, look, just water the roots. This way you break flowers, you break the fruits off, you harm everything. You just water the root and the whole, the root is like the mouth of the Ganges, the whole tree will get the benefit. So then the landlord, what a crazy gardener I got. How do you get these ideas? And he went following. So then where are we? He went into his temple room, and there, there are many doorways, and so one of the doors leads to the deities, the next door is where the pujari does the service. So then he found that this pujari was seated in one room, and he was covered with uh, soup, rice, vegetables, chutney, completely covered. His arms, legs, shirt, everything. So what is going on here? The priest was holding up. Watch this pujari. The pujari was putting Vedic mantras, sweet rice up the nose, Asa Kiran, Iran Krishna Iran Lama, putting chutney in his ear, putting sweet rice in his eyes. It was too much. And what's this guy doing? He's going to kill himself. So the Lord, he ran out and he said, what are you doing? Why are you putting all this uh, juice up your ears and why are you doing all this? He said, well, what are you doing? Are you all covered with the dollars? You see, my master, every day I feed my mouth. But I thought today, let me feed my senses. Every day my mouth is eating, but my senses, they're not getting any nutrition. I mean, they're not, they're not getting the same uh, experience. So why, why don't my, my other senses enjoy the food? So I'm putting, you know, the food in my ears and my nose and my eyes and all the different, you know, parts of my body. Let all the senses enjoy it. And the landlord said, you're crazy, you know, what's wrong with you? You don't know that the body is designed that you eat the food, put it in the mouth, it goes to the stomach, the stomach digests it, carries it, all the nutrition to the different parts of the body. But if you just put the food all over your body, in your ears, in your nose and everywhere, you're gonna, it's going to rot, it's going to cause disease, it's going to kill you. You just feed the mouth and that takes care of everything. You don't have to 
worry about your senses. That's how they get the nutrition. That's the stomachs, part of the whole team effort.
<laughs> flying around in the jungle. So, from big royal musicians, Grammy winners, and everything, next birth, they know their vulture and a parrot. I wonder what does that do the fifth chapter about me? We're getting to that. <laughs> so, one day the vulture is flying over the, the forest. And he sees this little green bird flying out, and suddenly gets a flash. That is my wife from my previous birth reincarnated as this bird. So he swoops down. <laughs> you killed me in my sleep. Now I'm going to give you medicine. I'm not going to let you die. Easy. All the suffering you caused me, now I'm going to tear you apart bit by bit. <laughs> he started torturing her. With his talons, he started cutting it up. Hard work. So he was getting thirsty. So he looked around and said, oh, there was a skeleton there. with a skull upside down, filled with water. So a vulture, that's like, wow, well, like nectar tree. <laughs> skull juice. <laughs> so he flies into, over that, that skull to drink some of the water. And then the parrot screaming, chee, 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 chee. So one hunter hears the sound of the parrot, sees his birds and stuff in the distance. He takes his arrow. Mithra pierces both the parrot and the vulture, and they die and they fall in the water of the skull. Yamaduta is the messengers from the, the judge of death. Again, takes the subtle bodies back to the hellish planets, back to the judgment area. And uh, the Yamaraj said, oh, you're back here together this time. <laughs> and so the, you know, the accountants there said, well, these people, you made a vulture and a bird, but as the vulture, he caught her and he was trying to get vengeance back on her, trying to torture her. <coughs> he somehow got a human flashback. And uh, so what do they deserve? And then they said, they got a burn, you know, they got to really suffer, these people, they don't learn anything. Uh, so, but then Yamaran said, wait a minute. No, these two are free. They can go back to die. They're liberated. And the, and the man, you know, he, he himself, my Lord, are you sure? I mean, I'm a really bad guy. <laughs> How is it possible I could be liberated? What, what did I ever do that deserved it? He said, well, remember that skull you were standing on when you fell into the skull water when you were killed? That skeleton belonged to a devotee who every day used to share the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and since the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita is so pure, 
His whole body became purified. Even his bones are sacred. So much so that the water in his skull is like Tirtha Jal, it's like a special holy water. Like something like the Ganges. So by touching that water when you're dying, you're freed of all your sins. All your bad karma is gone. Now you can go back to Godhead. You don't have to be here in the material world. Some kind of Agatha Supriti. Maybe as a singer he sang some bhajan or something. Somehow he got that blessing that he could touch the bones that were pure. So if you could just imagine, if by chanting the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, someone becomes so pure that even after his death, his bones have become like a holy tirthas. Then if you actually chant the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita every day, is there any question what your destination is going to be? So this is a thought to meditate on. We just heard a little few verses in the fifth chapter telling us about loss of karma, about devotional service, about bhakti yoga. <clears throat> Sorry for that, that story, it was a bit graphic. <laughs> I'll let you go now and take your uh, feast. And at 7 o'clock we have uh, Arti. And at 7.30 I'll be available in the theater for question and answers. So any questions you have, take a note of them. And uh, we'll answer the questions then. Thank you all very much. Hare Krishna. My name is Jayatadaka Swami. I live in Mayapur Dam, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and the world headquarters of Iskarn. I'm one of the directors there. And I come every year around this time to Melbourne and Australia for visiting. I have some disciples here. So I'm very happy to be here and uh, be happy to meet you all later in the meeting. Answer your questions. Thank you very much. Hi, Krishna. <laughs>